Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Tuesday, November 15th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Kansas State will be favored in its final two football games, win them both, and the Wildcats will play in the Big 12 championship game for the first time since 2003. Now, K-State has won a Big 12 title since then, but there was no championship game in 2012. On today's show, beat writer Kellis Robinette discusses the Wildcats' chances of reaching the title game, and we talk about the unique quarterback situation. Backup Will Howard has been excellent in his appearances, and Kellis tells us how he believes the quarterback scenario with Howard and starter Adrian Martinez will play out the rest of the way. After a break, we switch to hoops and the Wildcats' feel-good story. We also get into one of my pet peeves, why college basketball doesn't have a better opening weekend. Okay, let's get started. Okay, Kellis, I think we should open with our little um, a little disclaimer. We are recording this on Tuesday morning before Chris Kleiman and football players speak to the media on, on, on their weekly basis. So uh, we are doing this between the Wildcats' big victory over Baylor, but before... Um, uh, before more information comes out about next week's game at West Virginia. So I just want to get that out of the way right off the top um, because what we talk about may change just based on what Chris Kleiman said. But one thing that won't change is Kansas State being controlling its destiny, our favorite sports cliche, a team's controlling <laughs> destiny. Um, but in this case, the Wildcats absolutely do. Uh, if they win out, they are in the Big 12 championship game, and there's even – uh, scenarios where they don't have to win out and can be in the Big 12 championship game. So take us through, uh, just to get things started, take us through what the Wildcats have to do to play in Arlington that first Saturday first Saturday in December. Yeah, so there are a few scenarios. You mapped out the easiest, simplest one of them all. Two wins, Kansas State is in. There's in. nothing anyone else can do to stop them. They beat West Virginia and they beat Kansas. They will play TCU in Arlington on December 3rd in a must-watch game of a rematch that we saw earlier this season down in Fort Worth. And just to be uh, clear, they'll be favored in both of those games. Well, they, they're favored this week, correct? They're favored this week, and I can't imagine they'll be underdogs against Kansas unless they get decimated by injury or something like that between right. now and then. So odds are in their favor at the moment. They control their own destiny, and the odds are in their favor, like they say in the Hunger Games. Uh, there's even a scenario where they can win this week, and then all of a sudden that KU game is technically meaningless, at least for the Big 12 championship game purposes. If Kansas State beats West Virginia and Texas loses to Kansas, so Kansas State is in a weird situation where they will be rooting for the Wildcats and the Jayhawks this weekend. If the Jayhawks take down the Longhorns in that scenario, they are in, and then at that point, there's nothing that can be done. The Big 12 championship game is locked in, TCU, Kansas State. Um, and then, but there's also a scenario where they lose to West Virginia. Um, and then all of a sudden Texas beats Kansas. Then they're back where they were last week. They're praying for a Texas loss to Baylor. So really West Virginia is the most important game left. Um, but yeah, like we said, you know, there's a lot of scenarios out there. Um, there's even ways, I think, according to what the Big Show put out this week, Kansas, Oklahoma State, Baylor are all still technically alive. If enough, if they win and enough chaos help happens elsewhere, they can still get in. But for Kansas State, it's pretty simple. Win this next game, you're possibly in. Win the next two, you're definitely in. So they've got the one-game lead and over Texas, and, and they would lose the, the tiebreaker based on the head-to-head. There are, as you, as you say, they're just if there's a three-way tie, there's all kinds of scenarios that, um, you know, you, the first tiebreaker is head-to-head. So 
you know, let's say Baylor finds its way into a, a three-way tie with Texas and K-State. It's a complete round robin for uh, for the Wildcats, right? Lose uh, lose to Texas, having beaten Baylor. Um, Texas has got to play Baylor, right? So, yeah. So for them to all be for them to all be tied, yeah, it would depend on what. Uh, so if Texas beat Kansas and then lost to Baylor, if Baylor beat TCU and beat Texas, and Kansas State only wins one more game, well, I they think have to Kansas lose State twice, that scenario. Right? I think K-State yeah, would if, lose if there's twice. a three-way tie, Kansas State would go. But if Kansas State loses twice, then it would come down to the winner of that Baylor-Texas um, game unless somehow – well, unless Oklahoma State wins out. In that case, then <laughs> Oklahoma State would go because they beat both Baylor and Texas. So, Or or maybe – or if they lose both, both and Kansas wins out. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's probably some way where they all finish with four losses and Kansas is the team. <laughs> Well, it's fun to just even have these conversations this late in the season because that means you're you're in the hunt, and it's uh, and this is where you want to be when 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 the season begins in in late August, early September, and you think like Kansas State did that they had a team that was better uh, than most national uh, opinion makers were saying. What's what's better than to be in in this position for for the Wildcats and will be, you know, have a real, you know, they're, they're the better than 50% chance of them being in the big 12 title game. The first one since, um, since 2003, in terms of a title game, maybe they Man, won. The big that's 12. right. They won the big yeah, 12. That's title. right. Cause the, the other one they won was uh, just in the one true champion days yep. where they said, whoever, whoever won the, had the best record, the regular season takes it. So it'll be a change if they get there. But yeah, I would say if you were handicapping it, I'd put K-State at, you know, they're definitely the odds on favorite to get there. I think I looked um, on one of the, the sports books today. It's funny, last week before they played Baylor, if you wanted to bet on Kansas State, you could get them at 16 to 1 odds, which means $1 would win you 16 bucks. Now it's down to 1.4 to 1 odds. $1 would win you $1.40. So uh, <laughs> the, time, the time to bet low on Kansas State is out the window. Um, there, I would put them at about a 60, 70% chance to make it. And then Texas would be next at about 10 or 15, because if Texas wins out and Kansas State loses once, they can still get in, which I was actually down in Austin this last weekend after the Baylor game, visiting my parents and some old friends down there. And they were uh, they were shocked that they were still in the mix. They were like, so Texas could lose four games and still win the Big 12 championship. And I said, yes, they could. And they could. That blew their mind that that was still happening. So, well, a wild could, season in the Big 12. It is. Yeah, Texas could, but then they'd have to beat TCU and that just doesn't happen as we found out this right, right, right. We were reassured this past weekend with you know Texas as a seven point favorite at home uh not being able to get its offense in the end zone against the the Horned Frogs but hey and I like what you I like how you phrased it the one true champion era of the Big 12 that that period between championship games that's exactly what it was and of course that period didn't come without its controversies as well so hey so just uh, drilling down on on the Wildcats, the team, what a what a fascinating quarterback scenario. I don't know what historians are going to say about this team and the way that you know the quarterback position played, but a lot of Big Twelve teams have had to use their backup quarterback as a starter at times this year. No backup quarterback has been as successful as Kansas State's, uh, and that is Will Howard. He is just 
this, this team just seems to react differently when Will Howard is taking snaps. And that's not to suggest that Adrian Martinez hasn't had a good season, hasn't played well, hasn't won games. He's done all of that. But what is it about when Will Howard plays that that creates this, you know, this incredible opportunity for success for K-State? Because in those three games we're talking about, the Oklahoma State victory, the Baylor victory last week when he played most of three quarters, and then when he played against TCU and got the 18-point lead against the Horned Frogs. So enlighten us, Kellis. Tell us, <laughs> tell us what, it, what it is about Will Howard. Well, it, it is a little bit of a mystery, something that not uh, many people saw coming, that Adrian Martinez goes down, Will Howard comes in, and the K-State offense uh, improves, not only improves, but seems to improve leaps and bounds from where Adrian uh, was taken previously. And just like you, that's not anything against Adrian. He, he had the big win against Oklahoma. He's played well this season, had 329 yards against Texas. It's not like he can't get it done, but the offense just seems crisper when Will Howard is in there. And you saw that against Baylor, like they were moving it okay when Adrian was in on the first two drives, but they punted. They're really more of a, you know, just eat up clock kind of team, keep it on the ground. And then Will comes in and all of a sudden just, he's throwing it all over the field, getting it to Deuce Vaughn really quick for these, uh, for these big gains. And, you know, he's, he's turning Ben Sinnott, who I did not see uh, being this all-star tight end and just this amazing player. Uh, two touchdowns against Baylor. He's jumping up and Randy Mossing people for touchdowns. I uh, I feel bad. I did not think uh, I did not see this coming with him at all. I didn't see this with Howard coming at all. But yeah, against Baylor, Howard comes in there and the offense just moves faster. They move crisper. Seems like everybody's confidence picks up. And I, I think when the off when this offensive line plays well, I think it's built to be a, a passing team. I mean, obviously you want to give the ball to Deuce Vaughn, but you wanted to be able to do both with Adrian in there. It's, you know, a lot of dual threat kind of things. We're going to run the quarterback. We're going to run the running back and we're going to throw when we have to. When Will is in there, it's kind of the opposite. We're going to throw, we're going to keep you off balance. And then when you start respecting our, our pass, we're going to give it to Vaughn and he's going to eat you up on the ground. Um, and when the offensive line plays well and gives Howard protection, they can really get out there and hum. That's what you saw in these games where he's been playing really well. Um, that the only, the only reason you would, you know, favor Adrian, I think, is in a game like Texas where their defensive line was just really getting after you and you needed a little bit more mobile player. But Howard has just come in with confidence. He's been around a long time, and he's kind of the anti-backup quarterback. When uh, a lot of starters go down, the team gets worse when the backup comes in this season. When Will comes in, the offense gets better. Um, I, I think that was a blessing in disguise that he had to play against Baylor for sure. I like the part, uh, the suggestion that um... – Deuce Vaughn's game changes a little bit when Will Howard plays, you know, an undersized running back, but as talented as Vaughn is so good in space and you get him out in space in the passing game and um, he can really do some damage there. So that's, well, well, think think about this. He didn't, he was not a pass catching threat um, during the first half of the season when Adrian was the guy back there. And I don't know if that was by design or just Adrian didn't want to throw to him or what, but he did, did not catch many passes. And it was at that game at TCU when Will came in, they started throwing it to him. And I think a light bulb kind of went off in their mind. They remembered, hey, this dude can do this uh, when we line up, line him up in the slot. And they, had a, they, they threw it to him a lot against Texas, and they threw it a lot to him against Baylor. There were a lot of times where even on third and short, fourth and short, rather than give it to him on a run, they would slip him off on a bubble screen. And, you know, it's just free yards. You get you, Baylor, like, 
I don't know. They had no clue that he was going to do that because he he was one on one with defenders countless times in that game. And I mean, hey, all credit to him, but I was just sitting there thinking, like, did Baylor forget he's out there? Like, how are you trying to put a linebacker on this guy? Um, and if teams are going to do that against them, uh, they're definitely making the big jump championship game. Yeah, give me Deuce Vaughn one on one against a linebacker every day of the week. Um, absolutely. All right. So the the issue with Will Howard and Adrian Martinez and issue is the um, you know the, the requested or I don't know how to put it the um, Will Howard wants to preserve a year of eligibility. He's up to three games now and he can only play in one more. Is that idea out the window? Do you think for for the Wildcats? I think it is. Um, the, the one thing we've seen this year is that when Adrian Martinez is fully healthy, he's been their starting quarterback. When he's even the slightest bit injured, it's been Will Howard. Um, he was, you know, hurt, kind of questionable to come back in against TCU. No, we're sticking with Howard. Hurt, questionable to play against Oklahoma State. We're sticking with Howard. Fully healthy against Texas, he plays. Hurt, kind of questionable, maybe could come back in against Baylor. We're sticking with Howard. I think he's going to be in the same boat this this week, kind of uh, from what I've heard behind the scenes. <clears throat> um, Adrian's injury might be a little bit more severe than they originally uh, thought after the Baylor game. Um, at the at even the best case scenario, he is not going to be 100% against West Virginia. Um, there's a possibility he won't even dress for the game. So I'm thinking at least for West Virginia, Will Howard is definitely the guy. And honestly, the offense has just looked so good with him in there. They've got a chance to win the Big 12 championship. For Howard, I know he wants to preserve his red shirt, but he's never going to get a better shot to win a Big 12 than he has right now. The, the odds of Deuce Vaughn, Felix Nudike Uzama leaving next season, even Cooper Beebe are high because um, they're all going to be eligible for the draft. You're not going to have Eli Huggins back. You're, it, their playmakers are here now. You know, you're, you're two wins away from making it. I think you need to throw any redshirt talk out the window and, and play play your best quarterback. That's Will Howard. I think we'll see him start the rest of the season um, as long as he's healthy. I'm with you 100% on that. You, you, this is a an opportunity for Kansas State to have a historic season. And, 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 um, and this is a team goal over personal goal type of thing. And um, I'm, I'm – I'm very much in the corner of athletes uh, and, and their rights and their ability to, you know, to make money off their image and to all, all the individual rights that student athletes should have. But this is one of those rare moments where uh, maybe a, a team pursuit clashes with an individual pursuit. And, um, and this is where the team, I think, should win out. And, and, and I wouldn't, I, I don't think Will Howard would, uh, uh, would, would, do anything differently than do everything he can to help Kansas State. If he's the best option for the Wildcats, especially if the Martinez injury is um, a little bit more than what is originally believed, then uh, then yeah, yeah, Will Will Howard will be the quarterback. Should be the quarterback. And the, going yeah, and, and what I would if I was the coaches talking to him, and if he was really, I think I, I think push comes to shove, he's fine with it. It's, it's not like he would say, you know, if Adrian can't play. I'm not doing it. Like you're going out to transfer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't think it would be come to that. Um, but I mean, I, the, the scenario I would lay out is like, yeah, you won't have three years left, but he, he already got a year back because of COVID he played, a, he played a full year and he got it back. Mm -hmm. Even if he plays this year, he still has two full years remaining. And honestly, K-State fans love Will Howard right now. It's the polar opposite from last season. They're behind him. If he leads them to the big 12 championship game, 
and even take if, if he wins the Big 12 championship, nobody's going to be pushing for Avery Johnson next year. As good as he is, nobody's got the, it's going to be Will Howard's the starter. So, and if he doesn't, you know, if, if for some reason he sits out and they go with Adrian, people are going to be saying the opposite. Well, Avery's in, let's see what he can do. It should be a competition. If he wants to win the job, if he wants to have a great season, if he wants to, you know, carry a trophy off the field, now's the time to do it. Um, and he's still got two years left. I don't really see the concern there. I, th- I think he should play. Gosh, if he wins a Big 12 championship, he becomes uh, – he's a future K-State offensive coordinator. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and probably – I mean, hey, it, it might sound silly, but he might – the last few quarterbacks who won a Big 12 championship all have their names in the ring of honor. Uh, Roberson, Colin Klein. Yep. Um, Jake Waters has more pass more passing yards than any other quarterback in the season at Kansas State, but they finished third in the Big 12, and he did not make it up there. So mm. it could be the difference. It could be the difference. <laughs> All right, Kelly, so let's take a break. And when we come back, we've got a couple more topics involving Kansas State to cover. And I also want to ask you a little bit about the Big 12. So we'll be right back with Kellis Robinette. Hey, this is Blair. There are several ways to access the Star Sports section. Let me tell you about a couple of them. There is Sports Pass. For $12.99 a month, you get unlimited digital access to all of the Star Sports content, including beat writing, columns, features, pretty much everything we write. The deal renews monthly until you tell us to cancel. For $159.99 a year, you get everything the Star has to offer digitally, including sports and the E-Edition. Go to KansasCity.com and drop down to the bottom of the page where it says Start a Subscription for more information. Your support has never been more important. As always, thanks for reading and listening. Okay, we're back on SportsBKC, talking Kansas State and Big 12 with K-State beat writer Kellis Robinette. Kellis, I've been on this kind of soapbox for years about how college basketball uh, doesn't open its season well. They, there is um, college basketball regular season. Teams have played two or three games already. Most teams have. Um, there's a big, uh, big games tonight. We're recording this on Tuesday, but this is the Champions Classic night with Kentucky against Michigan State and Duke against Kansas. And that's that's kind of evolved into the first big moment for for college basketball, but I just think I I love the sport so much. I wish there was a better way to celebrate the opening of college basketball season. It just kind of comes in quietly because regular season college football is, is peaking here toward the end. A lot of things being decided in college football. And then here we are with the basketball season. Oh, excuse me, by the way, I'm here too. Um, uh, Come, come see me if you can. Now, is there, is there a good, solution for this is there a way to make you know opening the opening of of college basketball something akin to college football where they've got that labor day weekend and games spread out over three or four days or baseball's opening day is always a big thing the nfl i don't know is there anything college basketball can do well first off i'm with you college basketball opening weekend is dreadful um and i i I i've always thought that i'm with you i'm on that soapbox but I thought, especially so this year, that first Monday of games, oh, I mean, there wasn't a single, like, matchup on the card where you're like, wow, I want to see that. Even I was looking through uh, the sports books, looking to see if there's anything fun to bet on. And it's just every single game is Kansas, uh, North Dakota State, Kansas State, UT Rio Grande Valley, uh, you know, 
Alabama versus some school you never heard of. Every spread's like 30 to 45 points. How in the world are you supposed to even <laughs> do anything with this? So there's just a lot of games. It's happening early during football. The matchups are bad. Um, I, so for me, if you're going to change anything, you have to find a better opening day when you're not competing against football. And you need to find a way to have better games. Uh, because like uh, tonight, we're recording this on Tuesday, but tonight's the Champions Classic. I'm actually interested in seeing Kansas Duke, Michigan State, Kentucky. I'll watch that. Um, Michigan State versus Northwestern State, not so much. Uh, but I'll watch that. I, those would be my suggestions. Better games, start it later. Um, and, and I wonder if, I mean, that, there's always been talk about maybe moving it, and making basketball be a one-semester sport, have it in the spring. People don't seem to like that because it would, uh, you know, throw March Madness back uh, a few weeks and everybody likes where it is. But I wonder if there's a scenario where maybe right after the bowls are announced in college football, if you could somehow start the season, man, that, that seems to be, at least in my experience, when people really start paying attention to basketball, that's when Kansas State typically has a good game, like against Wichita State, Nebraska, somebody that you could actually care about, want to see, um, and there's no football on TV. I wonder if even just delaying it a few weeks would help. Yeah, that's the solution that I've always suggested is maybe the the weekend after now the college um, uh, college conference championship games, the football uh, championship games. That's that's Heisman Trophy and Army Navy weekend as well. So it's like college football gets another weekend of attention. Right. Where you know basketball by then has played I don't know five six seven games and and has you know. It, it just I, I'd like to see it have its have its day or its weekend to um, and, and, and not clash with with a college football weekend. Um, maybe yeah, can, I mean, go ahead. I mean, ideally, ideally, you'd wait until after the Super Bowl and then play the games. That's when everybody's focus t- typically tends to shift to basketball. But by then it's so late, you know, I don't know how you get in all the games. Um, but it's yeah, it's a great question because. I would say college basketball has the best closing events in all of sports, the NCAA tournament. Everybody loves it. It's fantastic. But the lead up to the first half of the season, nobody cares about. I don't know how to fix that. It's a great question. Maybe you can't have both. You can't have the, <laughs> the, the great beginning and the fantastic finish, but uh, well, but stories have uh, developed here in college basketball, even in the first few games. And one of the, one of the bigger stories in the big 12 and even in the country is the play of Keontae Johnson. Yeah. What a what a start for him. He's big twelve, he's the first Big 12 newcomer of the week. And it is he's a good story and really happy to see him off to a good start. Just remind us about Keontae Johnson and uh, why he is lighting it up for K-State right now. Yeah, it is a feel-good story. And he's uh, played well for Kansas State in the first two games. He uh, really put his foot down and wouldn't let Kansas State lose to Cal uh, last last Friday when Cal was making a big comeback in the second half. He almost had a double-double in that game. So, yeah, he's one of Kansas State's best players. And he's a national story because two years ago, he almost died on the basketball court playing for Florida. He has a heart condition. I couldn't tell you exactly what it is off the top of my head, but caused him to collapse in a game against Florida State. Very scary moment. People thought he might have died. He had to go to the hospital, um, got checked out. Uh, people said he, you know, doctors advised him not to play basketball anymore. Um, he was uh, before that a uh, future 
NBA pick. Maybe some even thought a lottery pick. He was the preseason SEC player of the year going into that season before he uh, had that heart condition. So he was kind of in a, you know, a unique situation as he's got this great basketball future, but at the same time, if he keeps playing, it could lead to some very serious problems such as death. So what does he do? Sits out for two seasons. He can never really get medically cleared to play at Florida, has some second opinions, talks to more doctors. They say, you know what, we think uh, you can do it. Um, the challenge for him at that point is uh, he's basically been, he told me, that he was restricted from basically doing any kind of physical activity. He had to wear a heart monitor all the time. And if he even got up above like, you know, 80 beats per minute, uh, he'd get a big warning. People would tell him to stop. So he said basically for two years, the, the extent of his exercise was just a slow jog here and there. That's all he could do. Just had to make sure he, he ate as healthy as possible to stay trim uh, for when he did get back to the basketball court. Um, decided to transfer and looked at some options. Actually found a really good fit with Jerome Tang in Kansas State. They needed a good player. He is a good player. And uh, Tang actually has some history. There were two players at Baylor who suffered from similar things where it wasn't totally sure if they could play or not with some heart, heart things. Kind of a similar deal with Max Duggan at TCU. I believe he was ruled out for a few games with a heart thing, and they figured out how to make it happen. Tang has some experience with it. He was fully comfortable putting him back on the court. Um, monitoring his minutes and it's worked out. He came back, he played his first game in over two years against uh, UT Rio Grande Valley, looked good, then helped Kansas State beat Cal. I think he's going to be their go-to guy this season. Yeah, um, really good story. And uh, another good story is how you managed to watch the K-State Cal game. You weren't there to cover it, <clears throat> but <laughs> you kind of had to get creative a little bit, didn't you? Uh, very creative. Um, <laughs> so the game was only on the Pac-12 network. You could not get it anywhere else, short of uh, paying someone to go there with a cell phone and like live streaming it somehow. I don't know how else you could have gotten the game. Um, it, it's tricky because everybody, anybody who is a Pac-12 fan knows it's a hard thing to get. You can get it on Cox Cable, which I don't have. You can get it on Dish Network, which I also don't do not have. Um, and it wouldn't matter because I was in Texas to watch the Baylor game. So I needed some weird way to get it. Um, my dad down in Texas, I stayed with my parents. He was, he was adamant that he thought you could get it on Apple TV. I was like, no, you can't. Sure enough, you could not. He tried for about an hour, could not get it. Um, my, what I did is I went and found something that I had no idea even exi existed. Fubo TV. You ever heard of this player? I have heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. My, my well, I, Go ahead. Well, it's actually a pretty decent product. You pull it up on your computer, you get all these channels. It's got a DVR. And, you know, hey, I, if I didn't already have some other things, I might consider using it. Um, but sign up for a one-week free trial. Watch the game. Uh, but even that was tricky. I signed up for the basic station, the basic program that said it came with Pac-12 Network. Um, and initially, like, I wasn't getting the game. Turns out I had to upgrade to a premium package that has live Pac-12 programming. I was only on, like, the the Pac-12 uh, classic channel or something like that. <laughs> so that was even, even with this free thing, I couldn't get it to work initially. But yeah, upgraded, watched the game, uh, and then canceled my free trial immediately after. So sorry, Fubo TV. If anyone out there is, uh, you know, looking to try something, I would recommend it, but uh, canceled it, watched the game. And uh, unfortunately, in a few weeks, I'm going to have to sign up for another streaming service, Flow Hoops. My nemesis. There's no free trial on that. Thirty bucks for a month to watch the Cayman Islands Classic when Kansas State plays there. 
Yeah, I think I think the Stars had that experience before with uh, you know have covering a team and it the. Um, in the Bahamas or Virgin Islands, and having to go through the the flow hoops experience. Well, that's a oh, there was a, there was a few years ago when Missouri and Kansas and Kansas State were playing in the same Bahamas tournament or something. It was only on flow hoops, and me and uh, whoever I can't remember his name was on the Missouri at the time. He he had a flow hoops uh, subscription for something else, so we were sharing the subscription. But then K State and Missouri played at the same time, and they wouldn't let us share it. So I ended up having to expense. We had to expense two flow hoops accounts to watch those games. It was brutal. Tell you what, it is the wave of the future. Um, you know, I, I see a lot of Missouri these days, and a lot of their games are just on the SEC Plus network. So you have to subscribe to a streaming service just to get uh, a lot of their non-conference games. And Big Twelve in on the streaming uh, earlier than most major conferences. They've been it's been Big Twelve Plus been going on for about four or five years now. So um, I don't you know I don't envy households that, uh, that that need to fork over another you know few bucks a month on top of their whatever else they're uh, they're paying for to um, to watch their favorite teams. But that's that's how it's going to work, and we'll dedicate a show to that sometime uh, down the road because I think it is an interesting topic, and we'll get some we'll get some experts beyond Kellis and myself on on this subject. So, all right, Kellis, I wanted to ask you about a few more things, but we we are uh, you've been too generous with your time, and you've got to get over to K State to talk uh, to coaches and players. So, thank you so much for this, and we'll catch up again soon. Player anytime. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production crew of Monty Davis, George Howard, Randy Mason, and Jeff Rosen. Tip of the cap to Kellis Robinette for sharing his insights. Morning Sports Edition was 50 pages today, full of college football and basketball coverage, the NFL, including coverage of the Eagles' first loss, and much more. Check it out at liveedition.kansascity.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with another Sportsbeat KC where we talk sports in and around Kansas City every day.